What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. two-man powership of wrestling and you are listening to episode number 268 of the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast a podcast that you can catch two times a week and download it from wherever you get your podcast from if it's itunes or TuneIn radio or google play or player fm you never know who's going to be on the other end of the line of the two-man power trip of wrestling and if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz, and this is kind of a loaded first half of the show, and I mean that by John and myself uh, doing our intro here because we have a lot of stuff that we've got to cover. Uh, first off is this coming Saturday, if you're listening to this in real time, that would be tomorrow, uh, May 20th, down in Glen Allen, Virginia. You've heard us talking about it for a few weeks and it's the big meet and greet that we have scheduled and we are putting on 
at Hurley's Tavern in Glen Allen, Virginia, featuring Ron Simmons, Arn Anderson, Shane Douglas, Gary Michael Capetta, The Pain Train, Preston Quinn, and today's guest, one of the Hebner brothers, Dave being the other, Earl Hebner joins today's program, and we are so pumped to have Earl Hebner on the show. It will be the second time we've had the chance to get into it with a referee, and obviously you can't get any better than Earl Hebner, a guy who has been the personal referee of some of the top stars in wrestling history, and we're going to cover that in just a minute here, but John and I also have a big announcement to make. I'm going to let him elaborate on it a little bit more, but in the coming weeks, you're going to be seeing some exclusive content coming out of the two-man power trip and heading on over to Eric Bischoff's IRW Network, and you can check out that at irwnetwork.com. We've signed on there, and we're trying to figure out what the logistics of the shows are going to be, but... You're going to possibly see some of the archive disappear from iTunes and head on over to the IRW network. But also on the IRW network, when you subscribe there, you're going to get some very cool content that we're coming up with that's going to be exclusive to that platform. But I'm going to let John kind of dive into that uh, in just a minute here and give you a little bit of the background as to the IRW network and the two-man power trip of wrestling coming together. But getting back to today's episode, we can't overlook Earl Hebner. Uh, His resume writes itself, and this was an interview that when we prepared for, we obviously knew there's one huge topic that everybody wants to know about, and that's the Montreal Screwjob. But we don't just like to cover the basics here. We like to dig deep, and Earl Hebner's got some very cool ties to the NWA and to the Jim Crockett Promotions era. And being from the Richmond, Virginia area, it was fitting that he would be attending our event on Saturday at Hurley's. But what we get to talk about is some of the stuff he did in the NWA, including the classic I Quit match between Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard, as well as some of his other big moments and being mentored by Dusty Rhodes, which is another great addition to our Dusty Rhodes story library. But... Obviously, we did talk about the screw job a little bit. We talked about some of the finer points of his WWE career. And, uh, John, as I welcome you in here, I'd like for you to kind of elaborate a little bit more on some of the points we talked about with Earl Hebner and some of the cooler things that he mentioned about guys who did want him to be their personal referee. But before we do that, just kind of cover, if you can, this IRW network expansion that we're going to be undertaking in the next couple of weeks as well as continue the hype, if you will, for the event down at Hurley's on Saturday, May 20th. Like I said, if you're listening to this in real time, that is tomorrow. And we are so pumped. But, John, let's talk about this if we can. Give us a little bit of information on what's going on with the two-man power trip and IRW. Yes, Chad. I mean, there's so much to talk about in the world of TMPT right now two-man power trip of wrestling is getting bigger and bigger by the day we're doing so many different things and in so many different fields and besides our show which obviously today is earl the pearl earl hebner a legendary referee in his own right one of the greatest of all time he is our guest today but you know besides that and obviously besides a lot of the things going on at hurley's tavern coming up this weekend may the 20th down in Glen Allen, Virginia. We also have the huge announcement, like you just mentioned, and like I really want to get into, the IRW Network. Yes, Indies rule the world. And guess what? The two-man power trip is now a part 
of the big IRW network. We are joining Wrestle Circus, Capital Wrestling, Title Match Wrestling, and a small list of others who have been announced so far. And man, are we excited to be a part of this team. Not only is it awesome to kind of see where they're going and kind of really, really map out the success route and really look at it and say, wow, this is, you know, this is something that's got legs. This is something great. Something on top of all that. And it's kind of who we are, you know, inadvertently working under. And that is the man himself. The only man to ever beat a McMahon, period. Look at Jess McMahon. Look at Vince Sr. Look at Vince Jr. The only man to ever beat any McMahon. And that is Easy e himself, Eric Bischoff. Kind of a lifelong dream for me. I never really cared too much about working for Vince. Always said, man, I want to work for this guy. I liked his attitude. I liked the way he uh, conducted himself. I liked the way, you know, he took the bull by the horns. He no bullshit kind of guy. I liked the way that he did business. I liked the way how he kind of pulled no punches and was able to beat Vince and the WWF at their own game and take him down for obviously. You know, everyone says 84 straight weeks, but it was really over two years that WCW was dominating the competition. So it's awesome to say that we are now working under Eric Bischoff because it is his IRW network. And obviously, you got to send a big thank you out to Nick Houseman as well because he's a huge integral part of IRW and everything that's going on over there. So really, stay tuned for more with IRW and us. I mean, we're going to go through some of the old archives. We're going to put some stuff on there. We're going to go through some unreleased material that you're going to see on there. And also, you're going to see some new and exclusive content just for the IRW Network. So it's a lot of cool, fun stuff going on there. And really, really check out IRW. Hit them up on Twitter. Hit their website. Do what you got to do. IRW Network. Pretty awesome stuff coming out of them. And it's pretty remarkable what we're going to be able to see especially as YouTube kind of goes by the wayside. They are really going to pick up a lot, lot of steam. So, you know, we might have a, a few surprises in store and maybe some new shows with, uh, you know, certain fingers that you can hold up. Um, so can't say too much more about it right now, but as we kind of go into the future, we will definitely talk about that more. But, of course, let's talk about the business at hand. That is 520 Hurley's Tavern. The big two-man power trip of wrestling con. The big meet and greet. Got all big names. We got Arn Anderson, Ron Simmons, J.J. Dillon, Gary Michael Capetta, the franchise, Shane Douglas. Of course, Dave and our guest today, his twin brother, the evil twin, Earl Hebner. And just awesome to be able to get Earl on the show. Not only talking about the big meet and greet coming up this Saturday, but also get to talk to him about some old school NWA, some old school JCP and how he kind of got into wrestling. Loved hearing him talk about Dusty Rhodes and the influence he had on his career because that goes into a pile on our show. It's like, man, guest after guest has these amazing Dusty stories. And pretty soon we're going to have our Dusty tribute episode and you better believe that this Earl quotes or quotes will be on that episode for sure. But it's awesome to hear kind of how Dusty was an influence on his career. Just love that part of the interview. I also love to hear about how much he loves Tommy Young, who was obviously his mentor, and how he kind of took all that info and all that knowledge from Tommy Young, and he passed it along to his son, Brian, and, you know, carrying on the Hebner legacy, which he hopes that his grandson will soon carry on. So we'll see about that for sure. I mean, that was some great stuff in the interview. And it's funny, a lot of people associate Earl, obviously, with the WWF. He had a near 20-year run there. 
from about 1988 to about 2005, 2006. So, I mean, he almost 20 years in the WWF working for Vince, gets some good Vince stuff. But a lot of people do associate him with not only Vince, but with Bret Hart and with Shawn Michaels and with the screw job. So we go into that. I mean, you've heard the story a million times from each different angle and each different person, but this is a little bit of a different, this is more retrospectively asking him about the Montreal screw job and what he thought about it. So really, really, a lot of people do think of him when they think of the screw job or when they think of the screw job, they think of him and vice versa. But I always think about him. The first thing that jumps into my mind, and we talked to him in the interview about this, is Magnum TA versus Charlie Blanchard, Starcade 85, the I Quit match, and Earl being right there in the middle of it, and even taking some bumps. So that's kind of the stuff I like to talk about. Not so much the you know the obvious, oh what you know what happened with Brad and uh, you guys getting along now, stuff like that. So good stuff from Earl along. We do go WF. We do talk about the screw job. We do talk about Vince. We do talk about Brett, but most importantly, we talk about Hurley's Tavern coming up this Saturday at Glen Allen, Virginia. Please check out our Facebook, check out our Twitter for all information, and you can meet and greet some of the big stars, including Earl Hebner himself. If you can't get down to Glen Allen, Virginia, to Hurley's Tavern to experience this event with us, then we will sorely miss you. But please rest assured that maybe you never know the two-man power chip of wrestling could be bringing one of these events to your neck of the woods. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll be adding some really cool events to the two-man power chip of wrestling business. And we're already starting to kind of book out the summer and into the fall. And I always love to see what we're going to come up with next because it just is truly, uh, it's been a crazy couple of months here into 2017. And this event down at Hurley's is going to be one for the record books. And again, we're going to hammer it home again. You can join us as well as Arn Anderson, the enforcer, Ron Simmons, the franchise Shane Douglas, former WWE women's champion Jillian Hall, Dave and Earl Hebner, the the pain train, Preston Quinn, and the manager of the Four Horsemen, James J. Dillon, all down at Hurley's Tavern. Visit Facebook.com slash TMPT of Wrestling for the rest of the details. And we're going to try to get as many recapped pictures and video, if possible, up there by the end of the weekend. So please check that out. And as the music starts to creep in, John, hit him with a little bit of two-man power chip of wrestling business and get it on over to Earl Hebner. And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please visit our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for some legendary episodes featuring the living legend himself, Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Ray Mysterio Jr., Jerry McDivitt, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf, AJ Styles, and so many others. Also, while you're surfing the web, check out WrestlingInc.com. Yes, that is WrestlingInc.com. They are the number one wrestling news source out there, so please check them out. Also, while on the internet, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, ProWrestlingTees.com is your superstore. If you are a super fan, and you can please check out our page while you're there, you can check out Tito Santana, Paul Orndorff, Coco Beware, Magnum TA, 
Buff Bagwell, and so, so many others. Follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 as we hit the road and we come to a town near you. May 20th, we hit Richmond, Virginia. Then, follow us to New Jersey as we hit the Legends of the Ring in Monroe. So please follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 because you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, a former WWF senior official, now the head official of Impact Wrestling, he is a TNA Class of 2015 Hall of Famer. He is one of the greatest referees in the history of the business. He is Earl Hebner. Please enjoy. WWF legend Mick Foley. Look at Nick Patrick in the face of Mick. Well, Nick Patrick just lost his backup. Earl Hefner slowly making it to his feet. Nick Patrick jaw jacking with Mick Foley. Look at Earl! Earl taking Patrick down! The cover! There's two! He got him! Earl Hefner! Earl Hefner defeats Nick Patrick! Well, that was a kind of bowling shoe ugly. But Earl Hebner got it done. The WWF is rolling. Earl Hebner taking out Nick Patrick. Let's get rolling here because uh, joining us on the line tonight is the former senior official for the WWE. He is the head official for Impact Wrestling. Of course, he is a TNA Wrestling Hall of Famer. He's also one of the infamous twin referees from the Saturday Night's main event that we'll never, ever forget. And we couldn't be any more proud to welcome in tonight the one and only Earl Hebner. Thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you for having me. It's, a, it's an honor for me to, to be able to be on your radio station. Uh, we, uh, we appreciate it. And, of course, we're here talking about the big event, May 20th, down at Hurley's Tavern in Glen Allen, Virginia, <laughs> as we converge for a meet-and-greet featuring some of the greatest stars of the Mid-Atlantic and the NWA and the Jim Crockett territories, as well as some of those WWF and WWE guys. But alongside your brother Dave, you'll be joining Arn Anderson, Ron Simmons, Gary Michael Capetta, J.J. Dillon, and a host of many others for a meet-and-greet with a lot of fans. And uh, I can honestly tell you, I think we're going to have a great time, but how do you feel about coming out and meeting all the fans down in Glen Allen at Hurley's? Hey, I think it's great, and, and I'm honored to, to to do that. Especially being a local boy in the hometown, uh, it's awesome. And all the people that you just named are nothing but great athletes and friends and a mine. And uh, I don't have words for it. It's it's just great. It's awesome. I'm honored to be with them as well as they are, you know, to be with me. Uh, and that's uh, that's so cool because one of the things you always hear about. You know, when guys are doing interviews, or you hear some of those big-time talents that are doing interviews, they always talked about how they wanted to have you involved in their main event match, or they wanted to have you involved in their match somewhere on the card because they respected you and what you did so much. And obviously, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of odd to not see uh, a Hebner in a wrestling ring if you want to see a big-time match. But, you know, you look at guys like Arn Anderson, you look at Ron Simmons, what do you think about 
guys at that level and being requested to be in matches like that, is that something that you just take as an absolute honor as an official? Well, back in those days, and it, which really goes way back, it's an honor. And I have a scrapbook, and believe it or not, today I went through it, I looked back, and I've seen all the old guys like myself, okay? And and it, it's it's just unreal, unreal. And I am so honored, and God has gifted me to be in the place that I am in with these people. It, 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 it's just great. And one of the things that I find to be really, really cool about your career is the fact that a lot of people do identify you with your run in the WWE, but, you know, I think that hardcore fan really does think about you down in the NWA and in the Mid-Atlantic area. And kind of, if you can, you know, tell the fan that doesn't know that much about that Mid-Atlantic wrestling area just how rich the history is, especially down in that Richmond, Virginia part of the state of Virginia. Well, when Mid-Atlantic started, I was a young kid putting the ring up, and I got a lucky break in life to be a referee, and the the, uh, the people back then, the wrestlers, Dusty Rhodes, Wahoo McDaniel, Ric Flair, uh, I could just go on and on, uh, it helped me so much in this business to be the person that I am. I could never have been who I am without the help of them, and progress and go to the WWF and the WWE. And you know, John uh, wants to, he's definitely, he's chomping at the bit to bite on it, but I just want to take one more question here before I turn it over to him. And who is the guy that really got you indoctrinated into the uh, the NWA as a referee and made that jump from the ring crew? Is it a guy like Dusty that picks you to, uh, to take the step forward? Well, I'll tell you what, if you can ever go back and look at the film, when I was inducted in the Hall of Fame for TNA or Impact Wrestling, Dusty is my man that gave me the job of, as a referee. He's the dream. He made my dream come true, and God knows I uh, I love him and miss him so much, and I'm working with his son right now and his wife, and it, it's just I look at his son, and God, he just looks just like Dusty, and <clears throat> it's unreal. It's, it's just unreal. But Dusty was my uh, key to success. Dusty means so much to so many people. Dusty Rose. Dusty Rose, yep. I mean, I traveled with him uh, in his own truck, and we just had a great time. I I mean, uh, you know, I could talk to you for five hours and tell you how much I love that guy, but I know we don't have that much time, but he was a great guy, and, and I truly miss him so bad, you know. He's such a legend, and we've talked to so many other guys about him, and it's crazy how much he affects everybody, whether they're close to him or not. They kind of feel his charisma. They feel his love. They feel some sort of connection with him. Can you just talk about kind of that connection that he's able to make with people that so many others just can't seem to get? Well, I mean, Dusty was a guy that – in, the, in this business here, either you wanted it or you didn't want it, and he could feel you and look at you and go, <clears throat> okay, that's it. You don't have it, you know. I mean, he he gave he was so open and gave everybody the opportunity to be what they wanted to be. He was never a selfish person ever in this business. 
it's funny, no matter how many different interviews we do and how many different people we talk to, you know, whether we're talking to a guy like Jerry Briscoe, obviously he's close to Dusty, or Steve Kern, or, or even Cody, or something like that. It's funny, Dusty right. always seems to come up. Can you believe, you know, the power of Dusty, even, you know, many, many years later? Everyone always talks about Dusty. Dusty was uh, was great. I mean, God knows, uh, if you look back at me, he gave me the opportunity to be what I am today. And he's open to everybody, not just referees, but he's open to everybody that had a talent, was gifted, and had the charisma to be in this business. And he was never selfish. And even though if he thought you were something down the road, he would take his time and train you and look at you and go, this is money. This is money. This guy can be something. I just got to get him in the right page. And that's how Dusty was. Great, great guy. And it's funny with you and your career how a lot of people kind of associate you with, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Vince and the Screwjob. But to me, to be honest, I kind of put you in more more of a, a crazier match, and I kind of associate you with the NWA, and I associate you with Starcade '85 and that crazy match, you know, the quit, I Quit match in the cage. Telly Blanchard uh-huh. against well, Magnum PA. Right, right, right. Uh, if you really look back at my track record, I'm probably the uh, craziest uh, referee in the business. I would say that. I do, I've do. i done stuff that probably nobody else would have vouched for or would have done, and that goes from that match to the Hulk Hogan and the Andre match, my me and my my twin brother, and the Bret Hart match. Uh, I was just, you know, gifted to have the honor to do it, where nobody else would step up and do it. And it that's what made me. I'm just saying, that's what made me the the evil twin or the evil Earl or the good guy, whatever whatever it is. That's what made me, and. Working with Ric Flair as much as I've ever done with him in this business, uh, the push, the shoves, the knockdowns, uh, goodness, uh, they were there for me. They made me. They made me the guy that I am today. And, you know, you're definitely taking some bumps. I remember in, uh, you know, Tully against Magnum specifically, you know, taking some bumps even throughout that feud. But what was that, that I quit match like back in uh, Starcade 85? That was a crazy match in, in and of itself. Yes, it was. It was, uh, you know, it was it was uh, a lot to do, a lot to learn, where to be, where not to be, and what to do. And uh, you know, that's uh, you know, I've, I've given my heart to this business through my whole life for forty years, and I'm beat up, and I'm, you know, whatever, but I'm still healthy, okay, and I can still do what I have to do, but. Uh, as Vince McMahon said one day, we were in a meeting, and, and one agent said, well, why does Earl do the main events? And Vince McMahon made the comment of, they use the same referees in the Super Bowl because they know what's going on, and Earl knows what's going on. And and I did. You know, I was always at the right place at the right time, and it worked. But like I said, I give my heart for this business. I worked my butt off to be the person that I am. And 
that's all I can say. You know, uh, you put, you get what you put in to this business. It's nothing for you about this business at all. It's not a gift. Uh, nobody's going to give you nothing. It's either you bust your butt or you're not there. And like you said, you're and, coming up and, on, on 40 years. And I have a son that is just as good as I am at impact wrestling right now. And I'm so proud of him that, that it, it well, you know, he's stupid to me. He can never match me, but he he's just as good as me. Because <laughs> they don't do this. They don't do they don't do the stupid things back now or back then as they do now, you know. But he's a great referee, and I'm proud of him. I uh, hope someday I can get my grandson in the business. Right now, he's not uh, too keen on it, but I hope I can get him in it, and I hope he'll follow his granddaddy's footsteps and his dad's footsteps because we need a third heaven. Uh, actually, we need a fourth heaven. We have three already. We need a fourth. But, you know, uh, God's been good to me in this business, and I've paid the price to be uh, who I am. Not, And I praise Tommy Young. Tommy Young, I trained under him. He helped me so much that it's unreal. And he was my uh, teacher, and, and, and I love him to death for it. And, you know, I can never sound better than Tommy Young, but I, sound, I can always say I'm good. Tommy Young, arguably you know, one of the greatest referees of all time. Did you use a lot of knowledge from Tommy Young to pass along to your son? Yes, I did. I I sold it from Tommy, and my son, he didn't steal it from me. I taught him what I knew, and that's that's it, you know. But Tommy was one of the greatest referees ever, ever, believe me. I watched him. I looked at him. uh, I, I just acknowledged him from... Bill to Bill, and that's where I got it from. So I really uh, want to thank him for what he's done for me because I wanted to be him, and it worked out for me. And with you being an identical twin, I'm an identical twin as well, but I always found myself to be the the, the Dave Hebner. I was always the good twin. Uh My brother was always the evil twin. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. but I remember watching that angle as a kid and saying, oh, my God, I can't believe that, you know, that these twins did that with Hogan and Andre and, you know, Saturday Night's Main Event and the mm-hmm. title to DiBiase. What was it like to be in the middle of that? Because not only are you first, you know, you come to the company, but you're put into a main event with a guy like Hogan and a guy like Andre. I was nervous, and we went through this whole program for about, i say, a good maybe three weeks in Connecticut. And it was great for me, but I was the evil, I was the evil twin and I'm still evil. If you look at my past record, you can tell I'm evil, but I'm really not. I'm really a nice guy. But anyway, uh, that worked great for me. That, uh, put me on the, uh, great, Go line of being somebody is, you know, working for NWA, which I'm not knocking them, but as to make a life out of business to make money, okay? And that was great for me. And it was awesome. And it was so quiet, or if you want to say it was kayfabe so long, 
Nobody knew nothing ever until it happened. And that's great. I mean, that's where the business should be as of today, but it ain't like it was when I first started. So, But it, it was a great opportunity for me. It was great for me, and it, it made me who I am today. That's one of the angles that I did that made me who I am today. And and that match, I mean, so many people point to that match as one of their first memories of watching WWF wrestling at the time. But, you know, you talk about the crazy bumps taken in that I Quit match, but uh, let's put it bluntly, Hulk Hogan launched you pretty much down the aisle. What is going through your head as you are flying through the air trying to uh, land somewhere near DiBiase, Virgil, and Andre? Well, let me tell you what. When he started running... And I was in his arms. I'm going, this is not the plan. He's supposed to walk into the ropes and dump me in their arms. And when he overshot me, I missed everybody, including Andre. And I hit the floor. I destroyed my rotor cup in my right arm. Uh, from then, uh, that was my first day there ever, okay? Then I went to uh, self, uh, call self, something, self-health. And I had my rotor cup repaired. When I hit the floor, it just exploded my uh, rotor cup. And I was out for about eight weeks or ten weeks getting it repaired. And then I came back. And I'm going, boy, this is a good way to get the front door. And here I am now. I'm laying in health south, getting sewed up, getting stitched, doing therapy, and you name it. Uh, when I hit that floor, it hit that concrete floor, brother, it exploded. It was horrible. It, it could be one of the most vicious uh, I just launches that I think anybody had ever seen up to that point. I mean, that's like that's on par with Mick Foley falling off of the hell in the cell because of how far you went from the ring to the aisle. But there's so many moments, and like I said for, earlier, for the sake of time, we'll just kind of condense this a little bit. There's so many moments that you were a part of in the WWE, whether it was the Iron Man match with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, and you right in the middle there giving uh-huh. the instructions. But I think everybody always, when they think of Earl Hebner, they think of Montreal, they think of the screw job. But the one thing that I want to point out about it is not what happened. We all know what happened. We all know all the stuff that happened. But that night in the ring, did you ever think we'd be looking back at it in the way we have over these 20 years? Because this year is the 20th anniversary of it. Did you ever think we'd be looking back on it in such a way like we have these past 20 years approaching the anniversary? Not at all. Not at all. But uh, it's just one of those things that it's like Hogan and Andre. It's so shocking to the world. And believe me, the people in Canada still hate me, you know, and, but I, you know, <clears throat> I have talked to Brett and we're great friends. Uh, we had a couple of per- personal appearances together and he hugged me and he hugged my brother and, and, and we all know the deal, you know, I really don't want to go into that, but we all know the deal. So everything's good. Yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing. I completely agree. I don't want to go into it. We all know what happened. You know, we, we, we've all witnessed it. We've all heard the stories. But the one cool thing, and I think a lot of people may be able to benefit from it this weekend when they come out to meet you, is uh, some people cherish those uh, Earl Hebner autographed 8x10s and the T-shirts that you, uh, that you have. And I know that's one of the highlights of going to uh, the TNA shows or the, or, excuse me, the Impact shows are 
the interactions that people get to have with you and when you rip off your uh, referee shirt, you know, do you still get a kick right. out of doing that? Well, uh, yeah, I, I do, but uh, whenever I'm around Brett, I, I, I don't even bring him, you know. Brett's a great guy, <laughs> believe me, you know. And, 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 and truthfully, <clears throat> uh, uh, Vince screwed Brett. Earl didn't screw Brett. Vince screwed Brett. Earl did what he had to do. It was it was his command, and that's what happened. And I think uh, most Americans understand it, but I don't think any Canadians will ever forgive me, but I hope they do. But, uh, you know, and I'm going to bring my shirts. Damn right I did. <clears throat> you know, and if they want to buy them, that's fine. If they want to hate me, and that's fine too, well, whatever. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, and it's, it's lasted a long time. Actually, I think this lasted longer than the Hogan and the Andre deal. Or Ted DiBiase, however you want to put it. But it's, it's uh, you know, but if you look back at my track record, I've been put in a lot of tough spots in my life in this business and where other referees would not volunteer, would not do it. And Vince knew what I would do and, and, Whatever he, whatever his demands were, that's what I did. So you can't put the blame on me. You got to put it on him. And as we start to wind it down a bit here, have to mention the TNA Hall of Fame because that is the first time really a referee has been inducted into any sort of Hall of Fame. So is that you know a huge honor for you to kind of be the first referee ever inducted into a major wrestling Hall of Fame? It's great. It's it's an honor. Uh, I'll probably never go into the WWE Hall of Fame because we still have problems down the road, and which, truthfully, it really doesn't matter what I do or what I don't. Anybody that knows me knows who I am, and if Vince doesn't ever want to induct me into it, that's fine. I really think I should be, but the problems that we still have down the road, uh, it is what it is. And if it doesn't, because anybody that knows me knows who I am, and if I never get in there, that's fine. It's no problem to me. But people know who I am, and I've lived my legend of being Earl Hebner, and I can just base it on that. And not only, you know, first referee into the, the whole family with TNA, but also the first ref as a playable character in a video game as well. So that's kind of cool too, right? Oh, it's great! It's great. I mean, I have, I have action figures of uh, WWF, have action figures of uh, Impact Wrestling, and you know, what can I say? I'm honored. I'm gifted. God has gifted me for this business. God has been with me in this business. I paid the price, uh, body-wise, uh, physical-wise, or however you want to put it. I paid the price, and you know, it all worked out. That's all I can say. Do you have a favorite wrestler that you worked with or like the easiest wrestler to work with or maybe a guy that you always wanted to work with or that they always wanted to work with you kind of thing? Who was kind of your favorite guy to basically rep their matches? Well, The Rock always wanted me. Steve Austin always wanted me. The Undertaker always wanted me. Ric Flair always wanted me. Uh, Kurt Angle until my son started refereeing his matches because he could control 
is better than could at my age. But uh, I've just had so many superstars. And I flew. I when I was with the WWF, when we had working two shows on the weekends. Hogan would take me. We do the uh, main event and at, 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 before intermission. We get on a little jet and we fly to another territory or Florida or whatever it may be to refugees. Hogan wanted to meet with him all the time. And, you know, man, flying with Hogan, landing in a plane, getting in a limousine, that was uh, Earl Heather's life because it was unreal. It was it was just unreal for me. Do you have a favorite match that you were a part of as well? I mean, there's been so many legendary ones at so many main events, but does one or two maybe stick out more than the others? You know, not screw job aside and kind of that, maybe the whole Conjury match aside. Any other matches kind of really stick out to you? Well, I'm trying to think now. You asked me a question. Uh, uh, it's hard to say because I've had so many great matches, you know, with with everybody and championship matches, and it was just it was just an honor for me to be in their matches when they won it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, 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 I actually, I'm I'm sitting here thinking that one of the matches that I really loved in my life was Chris Benoit when he won the title in, uh, I'm trying to think, it was in Canada. But that was a gift that for me to referee his match and put the strap on him. And I can't, I'm trying to think so bad that I I cannot remember the town. It was in Canada, and that was a gift to life for me, something I'll never forget, never, never, ever forget. His wife, his, 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 his little, his little boy and everybody came into the ring and that was an honor of my life and it's a sad story that the ending of that situation came to what it is but uh, that's always a thought in my mind the rest of the matches were great and good but just you know it was a bad uh, tragedy definitely and was there any like other wrestlers, when you're kind of in the ring, whether it be a Hogan or a Brett or anything, where you're kind of refereeing their, their match and you almost get lost in it, like, oh, wow, I'm watching this guy. You know, they're amazing, but I'm supposed to be the referee here. Is there any guy like that that you kind of really enjoyed watching? I've never got lost. <clears throat> I've never got lost. Whenever I do a main event, that's all I took was one match. And I had it in my brain, sat there, went over it, and it was from bell to bell, and I knew every move that they were doing, every move. My son, I tell him the same thing. If you got a main event at WrestleMania or uh, a TV taping, all you do is you concentrate on what is happening in this live main event. It's got to be right. It can't be wrong. It's got to be right, and he does it, you know, and that's how I train him. And truthfully, I'm not bragging because he's my son, but uh, that's why he is as good as he is. I love the fact that the referees kind of play such a pivotal role. Do you think it's almost underrated how that referee is so important to the match, especially you being in so many main events? People don't even know. Nobody has a clue of what we do or how we do or what we got to be or nothing. I mean, you know, I'm just telling you, it's uh, – it's a hard job, and a referee controls the whole deal, whether it's a 
first match, main event, or whatever it may be, we have control of everything, everything. It's our job to make sure that we are where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do, and, you know, we go over it We we during the day, every TV show, we work our butts off of knowing where to be, what to do, and hopefully everything works. But everything doesn't work all the time, but most of it does. And I've trained my son to be there, and if you go back and look at what he does, uh, he's awesome. And now that uh, my my uh, my program or my thoughts of the business now is that I've done it all, I've been there, and I don't have to be there anymore for main events. I'm I'm there to train or help the young guys to understand what they, what what they got to do and where they got to be. I mean, that's my job. You know, I don't I don't need to be a main event referee anymore. You know, even though I can be, I don't want to be because I'd rather teach the new new guys so they can progress and step up the ladder and be uh, a superstar. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. And I think we'd be all remiss to say that you are—you might be the final link to a lot of people's lasting memories that you're still refereeing and you're still doing an amazing job down there in Impact Wrestling. And we obviously, as uh, longtime fans and, uh, quote, historians of the game, we appreciate what you've brought to all the matches and all the main events and everything we've ever seen you do. But as you said, you'd love to see your grandson get into the business, you know, your son Brian, one of the more athletic referees to ever jump between the uh, the ropes, and your brother Dave, obviously you guys have put together a hell of a family tree, but what would you say the Hebner legacy is in professional wrestling at the end of the day? Uh, nobody can be a Hebner but a Hebner. That's all I can say. Nobody can be a Hebner but a Hebner. The rest of them are good. Uh, they're great. They work their butts off, and I give them, I give them all the good, good deals that they do, the good work that they do. But the business has changed so much nowadays that uh, what we've done over the period of our life, it's not the same as it was now, and nobody can be unhappy. That sounds like that should be on a T-shirt. That sounds so good. But, Earl, we look so forward to seeing you on Saturday, May the 20th, down at Hurley's Tavern for the big two-man power trip meet and greet, featuring so many great legends, including Earl, including his brother Dave, and Arn Anderson, and Ron Simmons, and the franchise Shane Douglas. So many people are going to be down at this event. It is going to be absolutely off the charts. And, Earl, we appreciate you taking a few minutes tonight, but before I let you go, i got to ask you this. And we saw you get so physical on so many occasions, but did you ever pop Triple H once in the mouth, either on purpose or by accident? Uh, one was on purpose. The rest of it was an accident. Not to say that. There we go, because that was uh, always one of the more entertaining parts of a Triple H match, just to see the interaction with you and him. And you... Uh, you definitely reared back on a number of occasions, so I'm glad you could clear that up for us. But we appreciate you coming on tonight and talking about everything in your career, and we uh, we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. All right, and, and one thing I would say, uh, classic pro wrestling, 
that's a, a great little indie indie company or however you want to call it, and they're great people, and uh, I'm proud to uh, be associated with them. And so are we. We just uh, we we just spoke on the phone earlier today. We're going to be doing something with them coming up as well. So we uh, we appreciate uh, Classic Pro Wrestling and what they're doing and trying to bring a little tradition and a little bit of the old school back to uh, to the independent. All right, season. all right, all right, right, right. But there, uh, you know, uh, Gino's a great guy. Uh, uh, I've got to know him more than I have, and uh, I'm hope hopefully hopefully down the road. I can uh, help him out and, you know, be part of uh, those guys to help him to step up. That's my goal. I'm not a selfish person. Uh, I'm just an old-timer now, but I want to see young guys progress. And if you look around, there's a lot of great talent that that has been overlooked, you know. And hopefully down the road, some of these guys can progress and move on up to the big leagues. Not all of them, but a lot of them, you know. I mean, some guys are talented, some guys aren't. Some guys have uh, charisma. And hopefully, I, you know, I would love to help these guys out, you know. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, and I appreciate you guys having me on tonight, and it's awesome. Oh. Well, we appreciate that, Earl. We look forward to talking to you on uh, on Saturday. We'll get out and say hi and uh, look for a really great day. And uh, hopefully we salvage, uh, you know, what what this expo that kind of uh, spit the bit, we kind of pick up the pieces where they uh, they drop the ball. Yeah. And I really appreciate you guys doing that. And uh, it was a big letdown, but, you know, at least, at least we survived, survived something out of it. And uh, – Please come on and see me. I, I'd love to see you guys in person. 100%. Well, we will talk to you Saturday, Earl, and thanks so much for taking the time tonight. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.